Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. The numbers told the story they always do. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. Hour number two of a numbers game at VSIN, the Sports Betting Network, VSIN.com, the VSIN app, Fubo Sling Game Plus, iHeartRadio, YouTube TV. It is Gil Alexander. Jeff Parlay is here as well. Jeff did uh, guessing lines yesterday, and we uh, we put that on the podcast feed because we didn't want the uh, the beating the book podcast folk who may not listen to this uh, wonder what the heck is going on. Uh, that they didn't get one, so we threw that up there. So appreciate that very much. And um, we'll have P. Tech coming up later, talk college football with him. And a little later on, uh, I'd like to say a few words about my father. First, though, Circus Survivor. Uh, we do this every week. This has been just an unbelievable thing for Derek Stevens, Mike Palm, uh, Matt Metcalf, Jeffrey Benson, the whole crew over there at Circa. What a contest it's been. Not to mention Circa Millions, but we like to focus on Survivor. 4,080 entries this year. We are down to five. Five. That is all. Um, each with an intrinsic value now currently of $1.2 million. $6 million pot. That is if you don't get the million-dollar bonus at the end, which would mean... An extra million for some. Here are the teams that are dead to the field. Bills, Browns, Cowboys, Broncos, Packers, Colts, Rams, Dolphins, Patriots. All of them dead to the field. Nobody has them left. Let's just, can we go back here in time? Because we obviously had the two weeks back-to-back Christmas and then week, uh, week 16 here. So Christmas, you don't have to take that down, Jeff. Christmas, remember there were 16 headed in to Christmas, the, the three-game Christmas quirk. Um, you can go, yeah, there you go. Uh, nine got through in those three games. Eight had the Packers. Whew, that was close. Because if the Browns go down that field and kick a field goal, this thing would have been over. And it would have been over with the one person who picked the Titans. Four ended up being eliminated on the Cardinals against the Colts. Three ended up being eliminated on the 49ers against the Titans. And by the way, let's harken back to something we said last week because we had our buddy Joe Pita, who was one of the uh, he was one of the entrants that was in the group that got knocked down from 28 to 23 when he had the Vikings against the Lions, the last second Jared Goff touchdown pass to uh, St. Brown. And he was, remember, he, his suggestion for people who were forced into taking the Cardinals this week was for them to bet the Packers big time. And his thinking was, worst-case scenario, if they, both, if they both lost, knowing that no one had Indianapolis available, 
knowing that no one would probably pick the Browns. Both of those things ended up being true. But his third assumption was that no one would take the Titans. And if all of those things were true, then you should bet the Packers if you were going to pick the Cardinals, because then at the very least, worst case scenario, you'd be splitting the whole pot $375,000 each. But you and I, last week, we said it, and Joe was very, he couldn't believe we were right. He, he texted me afterwards. He goes, you guys were right about this. We said, I go, you can't make the assumption no one's going to take the Titans. We, we thought one person would, and one person did. So, again, your best laid out plan sometimes. And the, and the quirk of that was, and the reason, like, you know, the reason that people were operating blindly is because there was a Thursday game, and we still wouldn't know the distribution of picks until the Saturday deadline. So you were going blindly into Saturday picks, not knowing who played what, if anything, Thursday night. So anyway, nine get through of that 16. The eight on the Packers, who got by the Browns on Saturday. The one on the Titans, who got by the Niners on Thursday night. And then nine went into Sunday. Five people had the Chargers available. Four of those five decided to pick the Chargers. They're all gone. Losing to the Texans. And the, five, and the uh, five that got through ended up being three on the Eagles, which ended up being a coast job against the Giants, and then two on the Falcons, <laughs> which required a Tim Boyle pick at the 10, first and goal at the 10 in the closing seconds, the, the Lions driving for the winning score. And what was that pass, by the way? What was that pick? I threw it to no one. I was I, I was living it through the Falcon survivors, the two Falcon survivors' eyes, because I was still with us in the first games on on Sunday. It was in the afternoon games where life changed. But I, I was just like, oh my god! At that point, if you're if you're on the Falcons, you have to think that the universe is on your side. It was like we are going to have a pass directly to your linebacker. So now, so three Eagles and two Falcons survive. Five entries left. So if we flip the sheet here now. This is some of the details on these five. First of all, the one person to have the Chargers, remember four of the five people had the Chargers available, picked the Chargers and now are out. The one entry that had the Chargers available and decided, you know what? I'm not going to use them. I'm going to go with the Eagles. Chris Piper won. Chris Piper won. I don't know who you are, but you must have been watching that Chargers game on Sunday thinking to yourself, I am the smartest man alive. I am so glad I didn't do this. Now, what about the two people who had the Falcons that are still alive? Syracuse Hawkeyes won. They went Falcons, or he or she went Falcons, instead of, say, picking the Bengals. Had the Bengals available to them against the Ravens. Remember, that ended up being a seven-point spread. Now, I don't know, when did the, when did the Huntley news come down? Before no, the that, deadline? that Huntley news came out on Christmas morning, so... So he had that information. You would have known, yeah. Yeah, you would have known, and he decided, I'm still going with the Falcons instead of the Bengals. You think that's Kamikaze? What? This guy right here. This, is, this dude right here, I want to meet this man. Return of Survivor 5. He went with the Falcons instead of playing the Buccaneers. <laughs> Just Now, that's a guy... He's got to be like, I'm going for the seventh million. Would, in a million years, would you have done that? In a million years. Would you, you had the, you're three, at this point, you're three weeks away from the promised land. You still have the Buccaneers in pocket. The Buccaneers are a double-digit favorite. 
but they are without their three big offensive weapons, right? Let's say that. Godwin, Fournette, and Evans, which they will be without, it looks like, this coming week, too. We'll see. Evans being the one in doubt. Would you in a million years have taken the Falcons in that situation instead of the Buccaneers? <laughs> I mean, this dude has onions. I, You know what? I don't know because Tampa, you know what? Probably not. I probably wouldn't have wanted anything to do with Atlanta in any circumstance. It's incredible. Got it done. Was there another uh, sheet, by the way, or was that it? One more here. So here's some other facts. Week 17 of the largest favorites this week. You're talking about double-digit, anything above seven points. No one has the Bills available, so they can't use them. These are remaining five entries. No one has the Patriots available. Both of those teams, huge favorites. Return of Survivor 5, the dude that went with the Falcons instead of the Bucks, he's got the Bucks available this week. They're a big favorite, but you got to figure he's not using them because he saved them already, so he's not going to use them. Then my cool one and Syracuse Hawkeyes one, they have the 49ers available. But now you have the Jimmy Garoppolo thing. You're going to put it all on Trey Lance if that's the case. We don't know yet. And by the way, no one has the Colts available. They were seven. I think they're seven and a half point favorites. So three of the biggest five favorites nobody has available. The fourth, the Bucks, for one of the top four, the only person that has them already showed that he's not going to use them. And then the other two have the 49ers, which looked at one point to be the slam dunk. Well, if you're the only two that have the 49ers available, you got to use them. Now, would you? I don't know. It's tough, but you probably (laughs) do have to use them. Do you imagine being these people? Like, their whole lives are obsessed with this. And here's the problem. So we get to the Week 18 bonus million, and we already mentioned three entries are eligible for the seventh million. Oh, we didn't mention, but one has the Bucks available. We already talked about that. Return of Survivor has the Bucks available. My cool one and on top 2472 have the Chiefs available. Remember, if you get to the final week and you use the Chiefs or the Bucks in the final week, it's the extra million. So because three of the remaining five, Jeff, have the Chiefs or the Bucks, I would imagine a chop is out of the question, right? Because those people would probably take the position, I'm not chopping with you. I got an extra million on the line here. Wow. Now, remember, Circa will not be part of any chops, just to want to make that clear. I believe Mike Palm said they would facilitate contact with, with each other, but they have nothing to do with any, any chops. Who would you take here? I mean, it's impossible to ask this question because you don't know who, would you have, who, who you'd have. But given what we've just sort of laid out here, where Return of Survivor 5 has the Bucks available, My Cool and Syracuse Hawkeyes have the Niners available. If you're My Cool or Syracuse Hawkeyes, do you take the Niners? I, I think you have to. I think you probably do. Trey Lance. There's please still a get me to the point favorite. Like there's still yes. gonna be a double digit home favorite. What could go wrong there? <laughs> <laughs> you know? And then if you're so if you're the two and by the way, return of so if you're return of the survivor who's gonna have the bucks available, but clearly has shown the you know, has has shown the cards that he's not gonna use them. If you're him or the other two entries, who are you playing? Gil, you're going to love what I'm about to say for Return of the Survivor. Of, uh, Return of Survivor. I think he's going to play the Bears. That's part of the next group of teams, right? Yep. The six-and-a-half-ish yep. favorite teams. Bears are six six-point favorite against the Giants. <laughs> I mean, could you imagine? Could you imagine, imagine this? Having, having six million oh, on the line for Nick Foles? God. 
Nick Foles and the Bears, please. And, but there's other options, right? Would you take the Seahawks? No way. No way, right? But you and I said that last week. We were like, would you take it? Would you take Atlanta? We were like, hell no. And we were almost right. We were 10 yards away from realizing our fears for those people. Seahawks are in that group. I mean, there's a no, I guess what we're getting at here is these five have beaten out 4,075 other entries. And I don't think any of them are feeling all that comfortable because of injuries and because of COVID, which is obviously the thing you can't foresee. And here on a Tuesday morning, it's like an eternity before these games are played. Oh, man. So, so amazing. What a contest. You think someone's getting to the end? Yes. Okay. Coming back. Numbers game. Futech. College football next. Numbers game. Visa. The Sports Betting Network. Hey, Sarah. I loved that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG. You watched it? Yeah. It was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even posted to my my (laughs) dad. If you missed any part of our show or anything on the VEASAN schedule today, don't forget to check out our free sports betting podcast. Catch replays of all our shows or download and listen on your schedule. Go to VEASAN.com slash podcast and get Beating the Book uh, with me, Gil Alexander, or yesterday with Jeff Parles, as a matter of fact, or Market Insights with Josh Applebaum. Plus, we got Hardwood Handicappers, the Lombardi Line, Follow the Money, Coast to Coast Hoops, and many more. They're all free and available now at VEASAN.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcast. It is Gil Alexander, Jeff uh, Parlay here as well. Pete Futak, we are efforting Pete because we have uh, five college football games to get to today. Uh, Jeff, real quick again, repeat for folks, what do you like on the uh, slate of college football today? Once again, the games you like today? I like the over in the UCLA 
Mm-hmm. NC State game. Odd uh, Houston, I'm a little bit concerned about now because it's seemingly everyone that I've seen on social this morning likes Houston. Oh, that's so I'm a, a little worried on that. <laughs> well, no, maybe that's a good thing for you. Uh, I think I like the under on this first game, though. Staying under again, as I said, at any college football bowl game seems like a really ridiculous thing. But uh, two great defenses and two really uh, suspect offenses in this first of the five. Uh, let's bring in Pete Futak from collegefootballnews.com. Peter, good morning to you. Good morning to you. How are you doing? Well, I have had better days, Pete. I have had better days. Um, but I'd like to talk some college football with you here in the next uh, couple segments. Um, beginning with just the one I was referring to uh, right there, which is the Ticket Smarter Birmingham Bowl between uh, Houston and Auburn. I always want to get the sponsors in, Peter. Uh, Houston team that was 11-1 and one before losing to Cincinnati in the uh, AAC Championship. Uh, you look at their schedule, their best win, maybe SMU, maybe. Um, Auburn season, going well until a four-game losing streak, obviously punctuated with a tough loss to Bama. As I said, both defenses really good, both offenses suspect. Where do you go here? I kind of am thinking the under. I, yeah, there's no definitive way to figure this one out. I guess the under because, like you said, both defenses are good, but – the Houston defense was good against a whole lot of bad teams. So is it that? Is that, the, is that what we're dealing with here? Is that we're dealing with a, uh, a defense that's pretty good, but just, you know, happened to get it done? Uh, and then Auburn's side, it, there's always the how much do you care factor. And I kind of think that this is a team that's going to care and want to win this game. However, what have we seen out of the SEC so far in this early part of the bowl season? You know, Florida cared against UCF, and they got trucked. Uh, with a late stop. It just, that's, see that these mediocre SEC teams hey, Pete, not Pete, up. do me a favor because we're, we're losing your audio. Could you adjust there for a second? Let's try that again. Go ahead. Sorry, the uh, yeah, SEC teams have not shown up to We'll effort. We'll effort, Pete. Jeff. Can you hear me now? Let's uh. Well, let's try it one more time, Pete. Say, just go ahead. Say again. Sorry, am I being attacked by robots here? That's all right. You're good now. Hours? Go ahead. Okay, good. I'm sorry. Uh, no, I just saying the, uh, the the mediocre SEC teams have not shown up so far for this thing, and we have yet to see any of them show. You know, play well. So, a long-winded and painful way of saying that I kind of with you. I kind of like the under, but. The power five snob in me is still always going to take the SEC team. So take Auburn. They just have more talent. Such a power five snob, this Peter Futak. At Pete Futak. It's F-I-U- served me well so far, though. Yes, it has. F-I-U-T-A-K. Pete F-I-U-T-A-K on Twitter at College Football News. All right, game two today. This is a nice day of college football. No cancellations. No substitutions. These were the bowl games that were supposed to be here. Uh, Louisville versus Air Force. The uh, Serve Pro First Responder Bowl. That in uh, Dallas, Texas. Gerald Ford Stadium, by the way, if you're scoring at home. Uh, This one of the five is probably the toughest for me to sort of wrap my uh, hands around. Air Force controlling the ball for 37 minutes a game. Uh, That is typical of... uh, uh, the Armed Forces team, uh, Air Force, they've allowed 21 points or fewer to everyone but Utah State and Nevada, because mainly because of that, right? They don't let the other side have the ball, so I'm not sure how indicative of a stat that is of, of, of real uh, truth, if you will, on that side of the ball. And then there's Louisville, which, 
you know, I, again, I don't want to play amateur psychologist, but I'm going to ask you to play amateur psychologist. How much will this matter to them? Scott Satterfield, obviously, still with a lot to prove as their head coach. And Malik Cunningham in offense, when they are on, they are on. Where do you go here? Yeah, you're right. And it does matter to them because Scott Satterfield's getting yelled at all over the place by uh, the fan base that wants Jeff Brom or wants someone else to come in and certainly loses this game would not help. I, I'm with you. I mean, it's, I think it was a Gil Alexander who was trying to tell me when during the Army-Missouri thing, which Missouri covered, but I kept thinking Army was, was going to get rolled at some point, that it's Army. You know, it, it just has a funky way of doing things that defy all logic and reason. That's a little bit of Air Force, too, and they got a passing game. They got a defense. That is a strong team that, like you said, holds the ball for forever. Louisville doesn't. And I just kind of like these teams to do what they do and be in control because what, what's the one problem with these bowl games is you can never find consistency. You can never really be sure. Like you know, we just talked about Houston and Auburn. If, we, if we're talking uh, next week and Auburn won 63-20 to 20, like it did over Purdue a few years ago, all right, fine. All right, we're not going to be shocked by that. But I don't think we, we'd be totally shocked if Air Force got rolled in this. I just kind of think that Air Force is going to control things better, and I like them to win this. Okay. Pretty pretty confident uh, tone on Air Force. That game at 315 Eastern, 1215 Pacific. Okay. Mississippi State, Texas Tech. Uh, this might be the, uh, the biggest narrative game of the day. It's the AutoZone Liberty Bowl. They're in Memphis, Tennessee. Mike Leach going against his former team. It did not end well at Texas Tech, to say the least. Uh, we will hear a lot of stuff about this leading up to kickoff. Uh, for those who are sort of unfamiliar with Mississippi State, it's it's not a bombs-away offense. It is a we-never-run-control, you know, quick, short-passing game kind of offense. Texas Tech is more of the, you know, go-for-the-gusto kind of offense. Mississippi State's favored by 10. I've seen it toggling, toggling rather between 10 and 9.5 and all morning. You think Mississippi State covers that number? Do you think Mike Leach, late in this game, if up, has no compunction whatsoever in continuing to score? Yeah, and there's the fact that Mississippi State is a defense. And that we all talk about the offense. Like you said, you think Mike Leach, a high-powered passing game, lots of fun, lots of offense. But the problem is that you got to get the ball away from them because they just dink and dunk everybody. They led the SEC in time of possession. They don't get the ball downfield at all. They just go three yards and, you know, it's out of something, and they just keep throwing the ball the way they do. And Texas Tech's the opposite. Like you said, they bomb away, and they don't care about time possession. So it's always going to seem like – Mississippi State has the ball. So there's a combination here of Mississippi State with ball control and the defense that can hold up. I, I like Mississippi State. Tends a lot to give away, but I just don't think Texas Tech is that good. And I love the over. I just, you know, just like, I, I don't, Mike Leach is, is going to say all the right things, he, he, even though he's kind of weird and says wrong things. I think in this, he's going to just kind of like not say anything weird. But you know he's going to want to roll this team. Uh, and I do think that Texas Tech is going to get its shots in just enough to make this kind of interesting uh, for a little while uh, when it comes to the point total. But I do think the over, and I'm going Mississippi State, and it's just because I think that combination of ball control and D is going to get this done. Yeah, I think I like Mississippi State here. I think I'll lay the points. Uh, last two games, and Pete, your audio is not good enough to, to hold up for another segment, but let's try to get through these two. We have about a minute on each. UCLA, NC State. You know, that's okay. Not your, not your fault. UCLA, NC State, San Diego Country, uh, 
Credit Union Holiday Bowl at Petco in San Diego. NC State favored by two. And one of the best quarterbacks in the nation that sort of the casual college football fan may have missed along the way with all the other big names. Devin Leary at NC State. Where do you go here? Yeah, I, this is, this should be a whole lot of fun. I kind of very, very sheepishly like Devin Leary and NC State. Uh, I could go either way. I have, I have zero confidence in this overall pick. Uh, UCLA does have the ability to pound away. They, they're physical. This is a tough team, but so is NC State. NC State has enough of the parts back on the line where it can just pound away as well. And you got Devin Leary. I think it's a good, tight, back-and-forth game. Uh, again, either way, NC State's just a little bit more sound, uh, a little bit more consistent, and I just love Dave Doran as a head coach as well. I think NC State pulls this off in the ACC. All right, and then 30 seconds, the fifth and final game today, uh, Minnesota-West Virginia guaranteed rate bowl. Chase Field, another baseball stadium uh, tonight. Minnesota, P.J. Fleck, good bowl coach, largely considered to be a good bowl coach. The results have certainly uh, earned him that. Really good running team, massive offensive line, and a defense that has held opponents to, I believe it's, what, 18 points per game. Minnesota favored by five over a 500 West Virginia team. I've been digging and dunking with this whole segment. I'm going to go strong here. Minnesota big, no problem. Uh, like you said, P.J. Flex good. Their team has the right style and great. You're going to have to stay up really, really late at night if you are on certain parts of this country, but definitely I like Minnesota to roll on this game. All right, Pete. Enjoy the games today, my friend. Later, Gil. Have a good one. You too. Pete Futak, collegefootballnews.com. At Pete, F-I-U-T-A-K. I think I'm going Mississippi State. I think I'm going NC State. I'm definitely going under in the first game. Houston and Auburn. We'll come back. More NFL. A little teaser talk, among other things. And a look back at some of the other games from this past weekend. It is a numbers game at Visa and the Sports Betting Network. A numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN, the sports betting network. Save 50% off a VSIN all access subscription for the rest of football season with our big game special. Get access to our in depth matchup analysis, trends, and picks for every game and sport on the schedule, including our exclusive betting split showing you where the money's going on every game. Sign up today and you also get our daily best bet emails, weekly betting guides, 24 7 video, plus our all new college bowl betting guide covering every bowl game for only $39 at VSIN.com slash subscribe and despite the cancellations four of them despite the uh replacement teams two of those still a whole bunch of bowl games uh to uh go back to the guide and try to glean some betting edge from skill alexander jeff parlay is here as well uh jeff i look up and down the nfl slate and there is really only one technical long teaser leg at this moment now the way that lines have moved in the recent weeks with COVID news, this is a fluid situation. But right at this point, the Indianapolis Colts teased down through the seven and the three, hosting the Raiders, is the only clear Stanford Wong teaser leg. I would have no problem whatsoever teasing that down. You? The only concern is Indy has a whole bunch of COVID issues, but so do the Raiders now. So I would lean to your side on that of being able to put that down to one and a half and as long as Jonathan Taylor is there, it didn't even seem to matter that 60% of the offensive line was out. 60, it was really 80%. It ended up being 80 by the end of yeah. the midway through the game with Fisher out. But yeah, look, uh, Indy down to one and a half probably is pretty good. And the Colts, 
Gil, we, we've been saying it for a month, a little over a month now. They are extraordinarily dangerous in the AFC playoffs. Yeah. It, they will go as far as Carson Wentz will allow them to at this point. Yeah, I, I, my, as people know who've listened to the show, my Titans and Colts futures, those are the only two teams I have futures on. I do have a pre-flop NFC future on the Rams from August. But as far as in-season plays, it was always the Titans and the Colts for me. Looking good. Titans still vying for that number one seed in the AFC. Colts, obviously, uh, not so much. Even the sneaky, freaky brother sneaking in from the rear anymore. But they're in the playoff picture and really have it on their racket to clinch a playoff berth. That, that was sort of, the, I mean, those were the big takeaways right from this past weekend, which is, you know, the Packers give up. We were talking about this earlier. Give up the four picks or excuse me, get the four picks against Baker Mayfield. And even if you thought Rasul Douglas held, which he did on the final one, there would have been another one, or there should have been another one. Not to mention that he threw it right into the chest of a defender on a two-point conversion, too, Baker Mayfield did. But with all of that, the Packers had to still endure a final drive to win that game. And then there's the Cardinals, who were playing against a Colts team that didn't have 80% of their starting offensive line, and they get beat. And so I, I just Cardinals have to be out of our uh, power rankings top ten tomorrow, right? There's no way they're still in there, are they? Who knows? But I, I don't know that they can be anymore. And they were. I think we all had the same thing with the Cardinals most of the year, which is we sort of like begrudgingly had to move up the charts because other teams were losing. And remember, the Cardinals became the team with the single best record in the NFL, and so we sort of resigned ourselves to them being number one. And now we realize why we were so, you know, reluctant in the first place. Is that pretty much an accurate portrayal of that? Cardinals will be out of the uh, yeah. out of the top ten for me this week. Yeah, that's what I was just asking. The other, the other sort of big, I mean, do you agree with what we were saying before? Like, so let, let's get back to the original questions on the show, and I'll ask this of Michael Lombardi tomorrow, which is, okay, the team that has the most, as, as, you, as you project forward two weeks, the team with the most volatile possible results in the postseason the Chargers feel like that team to me, right? Where they could get smoked. Or, I wouldn't be surprised they came out and crushed somebody. No, be, I mean, we see it, right? Should have beaten the Chiefs a couple Thursdays ago. Should have beaten them. Should have beaten them. Uh, the, team, the, the team that requires home field more than, so obviously home field matters, even though, again, caveat, we realize home field has diminished these last couple years. Who's the play? Who's the team in the playoffs that stands to benefit the most from home field? Everyone will benefit. Who stands to benefit the most? Is it the Cowboys? Does that offense run differently at home than it does on the road? So, uh, you know, uh, I'm happy you brought that up because I was thinking just because it's a fast track, it'll be close, the roof will be closed. And we've seen how Dallas, other than the Denver game, really has been dominant offensively at home this year. Maybe it's them, but in the end, it's still Green Bay. Yeah. Getting home field in that weather, in that circumstance, with the bye. It's still them. I don't think anyone in the AFC, it doesn't matter where the games are played in the AFC side, Gil. Anyone can beat anyone in any field in any day. With just the way, assuming... Let's assume Miami falls out, loses one of their last two to Chargers, or, or someone else sneaks in. Then you have a chance. If Miami's that seventh seed, 
they don't have real I don't think they're beating anyone who's any good on the road. But the other six teams, they're capable of beating anyone anywhere, anytime. You agree with my characterization that if 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 the Dolphins were to win out, Brian Flores should be your coach of the year. I think at this point, I don't know how you can argue that, but, especially with New England coming back to the pack. But if the Titans win out and get the number one seed, Mike Vrabel should be the coach of the year. Well, in that scenario, Brian Flores doesn't win out because Tennessee That's will right. beat Miami, and then that gets very interesting between Vrabel and LaFleur. And LaFleur obviously being the short shot at this point. MVP, Aaron Rodgers has distanced himself, I think, from Tom Brady, market reflects that. Are you in the Are you in the camp that Jonathan Taylor could vie for an MVP, or do you still believe historically MVP is the quarterback award, offensive player of the year is the non-quarterback award? Even though that's been given to quarterbacks more than anybody too. I don't think Rogers should be almost a two dollar favorite. That seems a little much. I think that's a little much still. But but do you think? I know we talk about historically. Do you think that voters, we're asking to handicap voters, so this is obviously a speculative, right? But do, do you think that they will be in any way beholden to that sort of construct that, okay, MVP's quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, like, let's step away from a second. Okay, we're, let's forget about betting, forget about everything. You just as a person watching football, right, there's no doubt Aaron Rodgers is the literal MVP, Right. He's clearly the MVP. We could talk about Cooper Cup till we're blue in the face. And and I would even say even more so, like Jonathan Taylor is, I mean, he's an MVP guy, but that offensive line, he did it without the offensive line this week. But he is, he's tremendous. But come on, Aaron Rodgers is the MVP. So to me, it's still Taylor versus Cup for Offensive Player of the Year. You, how can you not give Aaron Rodgers the MVP? I mean, really. And again, let me just be the first person to say, he was ridiculous off the field. He should be embarrassed about himself. But if there's one voter who's going to dock him a vote because of that, they should be ashamed of themselves. Well, here's here's the here's the counter to that. If Green Bay loses one of the last two, yeah. they lose the one seed. Tampa wins their last two. Brady plays great with this shell of a cast because of injuries. Brady has a chance again because of the age and how good he was before all these guys got hurt. I am leaning towards Taylor's not going to get the award, Gill. The only thing is he just had two really good games on prime time in standalone windows against two playoff teams. So I'm not going to say Taylor's out of it. Uh, again, I'm surprised Rodgers is almost $2. He should be the favorite, but I'm surprised he's as significant of a favorite as he is. Back to the teasers for a second. We just said this is the only Wong teaser currently, the Colts. But there are others that could get Wongish, right? Um what about the ones right now that would be essentially teasing down, essentially to get the win? Bears tease down essentially to beat the Giants, right? From six and a half to six, if we're talking about six-point teasers. Um, the Saints tease down to essentially get the win against the Panthers. We still have no idea who would play quarterback for the Saints. What about the Seahawks essentially tease down to get the win against the Lions? What about the Packers? Tease down against the to get the win against the Vikings. See, I don't trust that one at all. I wouldn't be knowing how ridiculous Minnesota is. Would it shock you if they won that game on Sunday night? No, of course not. Shock me. They already beat Green Bay. They already beat them. Wouldn't shock me at all. Wouldn't shock me at all. This, by the way, those are. I mean, we 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 talked about when we were talking about Survivor. We talked about the 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 five remaining entries because only two have San Francisco available. They have to decide if they want to put it behind 
perhaps Trey Lance. But then the other, the other big favorites are either not available to anybody or the only one that has Tampa Bay available, he's already shown a propensity not to use them. He decided to take the Falcons last week and not the Bucks, trying to get the $7 million. And we talked about, would you trust, you know, some of these six and a halfs? Would you trust the Bears, we mentioned? Would you trust the Seahawks? What if you're in Survivor? Can you play the Saints? They're six and a half against the Panthers. You don't know who the quarterback is. If you get Hill activated... I think you can play New Orleans, but you have to you have to hope to get activated and done. But even if you do, like, do you feel like you're going to risk it on that? I guess I mean you have to make a choice, right? You don't you don't really it's for some of these for some of these entries it's like them in Chicago and Seattle. You're looking at bad, bad, bad option, bad option, bad option. Yeah, this is uh, this is quite the week. So many implications. Uh, and uh, by the way, I, I looked up. I, I would obviously wasn't paying attention to. I hit a five and zero last week. Of course, I did in uh, circa million. I never had more than the three and two all year. I hit a five and zero. Um, that was a week. This week, though, oof, I don't feel confident about much. Uh, but the ones that I mentioned earlier, I do like the Bengals getting the points. I do like Washington getting the points, and I do like Tennessee laying the points. Those are the three for me. We'll come back. Um, I'll try to get through the next segment. It's a numbers game at Visa. These sports. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to do That's my, my dance, bro. <laughs> A numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN, the sports betting network. BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, welcomes you with a special offer on the NBA. Simply place a $10 Moneyline wager on any game, and if either team hits a three-pointer, you'll win $200 in free bets. Regardless of your bet's outcome, just use bonus code VSIN200 when you make your first bet. Enjoy NBA action like never before with BetMGM's live betting options. 
Boosted odds, specials, and daily promotions at your fingertips all season long. Download the app. Won't take you but a few seconds. Or go to BetMGM.com and use bonus code VSIN200 to win $200 in free bets if a three-pointer is made in the game you wager on. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. New customer offer. All promotions subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued, uh, rewards issued rather, is non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi or Nevada. Tomorrow on the show, um, Michael Lombardi, we hope to get on. Jason Weingarten will be here. Las Vegas Chris will join us in studio on the heels of yet another contest win. How about that guy? Eh, so he didn't do so well in circuit. Eh, last man standing, another title for him. Um, and then other stuff tomorrow as well through the week. Um, I don't know how, uh, Jeff, have the, uh, have the camera ready to go on you on this segment. Have the camera ready to go wherever else because I don't know how I'm going to get through this. There's, uh, there's no script for this. So uh, I hope you all are okay with me spending a few minutes on my father. I know this is not what you tune in for on a daily basis. Oh, great, we get to hear uh, someone talk about his, uh, his father. Um, but um, for those who missed it, my father passed away on Sunday. And um, uh, I, I, first of all, let me just say, there's so many tweets, uh, people reacting to that from, from earlier on the show. Uh, they are so kind and they are so sweet and, and they're so heartfelt. And I am touched by all of them. Um, and some of the themes are, you know, that the people are, that everybody that you guys are talking about is how you feel like you've known him through the years, through this show, through the podcast, both beating the book and betting dork behind that. Uh, a lot of you talking about my imitations of him through the years um, and how much that, that made you feel like you, you knew him. And, and I'm super touched by that. And thank you for all of those. Uh, some are funny, some are touching. I really, I really appreciate it. And I, I can't read them on the air because I will just lose it. I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to get through the segment uh, even without doing that. So thank you to each and every one of you who have written something. Um, the reason that I am here today, um, yesterday I missed the only guessing lines I've missed in 10, 11 years since we've been doing that show. And Jeff uh, was kind enough to step in and do that. And he did a fabulous job. Um, no complaints, you said, Jeff? No complaints? Not to my knowledge. Not to your knowledge. No, you, you, you were fabulous. Um, and so, you know, obviously, I, and I was just saying, the, the last two days, it's sort of uncontrollable grief and, and, and crying uh, interspersed with, you know, then you have to put on your adult brain and you have to arrange things. And, you know, I'm writing uh, words about my father and that is an exercise in complete, you know, sobbing while you're doing it. Um, but the reason that I'm here is because this is all complicated by the fact that COVID and Omicron is, that, is out there. And so my mother, uh, as I mentioned on the air, I believe on Friday, I mentioned that my mother tested positive for COVID. And that is what ultimately was the undoing of my father, who had every underlying condition in the book, not everyone, but he had his share, um, Parkinson's being chief among his uh, his ailments and we knew that if it ever got in the house that that uh, would be bad news and to say that it was bad news would be the understatement of all time um, and so what has happened logistically is that we can't go and have a memorial service because my mother's positive I couldn't even hug my mother if we did and it can only be outdoors it can't be indoors and so it's delayed a week hoping that some of this will clear, that my mother will then test negative, and so on and so forth. And so that's why I'm here, um, and I will be here through Monday. Hopefully I will, this will not be, this will be the, this will be the last time I will 
talk about it at length. Um, so I hope you'll just again forgive me for doing this today. But I, I feel like I feel like it's literally the least I could do. Uh, pay tribute to him. So Jeff will be on uh, next week after Monday um, as I go home to bury my father. Um, my father, and I've told this story once when, when Crackman and I were on the air once, and this will probably be the last time I ever talk about it, but my father um, is a Sephardic, was, let me just use that word, it's such a heavy word to begin with, my father was, let me just stop there, was a uh, Sephardic Jew. Uh, it's a minority of Jews that trace back to Spain. And he was raised in Bulgaria. And uh, at the age of five, along with his little sister and his parents, they found themselves in a train at the train station, ready to be deported to Auschwitz concentration camp. And the Bulgarian czar at the time, who had been deporting uh, Jews to their deaths, uh, was lobbied and ultimately convinced by other I don't know if statesman is the right word, but other leaders in the country of Bulgaria to say, you know what, you probably shouldn't do this. This is wrong. And finally, he relented. And so my father and his sister and his parents were spared, and they were allowed to leave the train. They were still stripped of all their possessions, and they were forced to live in a ghetto um, in another part of Bulgaria. So he spent most of his early days then, after being spared from the ultimate ruin, living in a ghetto. Once the war was over, communism took over in Bulgaria, so he had to live under communism. There was a story about being held at gunpoint in their house, and it was a whole, it was a whole thing. Anyway, all of this, trained Auschwitz, ghetto, communism, all before the age of 16. Now, the reason I tell you this story is not to share a, you know, a story of so many Jews during that time period, but to let you know that my father never once ever mentioned any of that to me, not once, ever, until I got into my 20s and I started sort of doing a little historical math. Your brain becomes a little more evolved. You start to wonder where you come from, where you came from. And so I asked my dad about that, you know, sort of putting the math together. Well, if it was this year and you were there, what happened here? And he told me only when questioned. And I asked him, I said, well, how is it that I've gone 25 years of my life or however long this is with you never once mentioning any of this? In fact, I learned this week, by the way, just a brief aside, I learned this week that when he was putting together what he would have liked stated at his ultimate funeral, which he sort of sensed was coming. He had been suffering the last few years with all of his different ailments. I learned that he didn't even include those first 16 years in it. He just sort of started after that. Well, then I went to this university, I tell that. But when I asked him, you know, why at 25, I said, why have you never told me this? And he just said, I never wanted to burden you with it. I never wanted to burden your brother with it. Um, I just wanted you to have a great life. So, sorry. I knew this was going to happen. Um, and that's what he did. He... And now there's pictures of my dad, and it's killing me. So he, that's what he devoted his life to. He just, he never burdened us with that, and he did everything for us. He worked six days a week my entire life, never once holding any of his past over our heads, um, never once complaining, never making excuses, never, never, never. And to that extent or to that end, 
he is without question uh, not only the greatest role model that I could ever have or anyone could hope to have, but also the greatest father. Uh, me and my buddy Tommy, my oldest best friend, and Tommy was like, uh, he was like cockroach from the Cosby Show. I don't think I'm supposed to do Cosby Show references anymore, but basically my dad was his, was just as much a dad to him. And through our tears the other day when we were talking about this, and by the way, Tommy just having a child at the same time is sort of poetic, which he did yesterday. So congratulations to him and his wife, Brenda. But when we were talking about, we sort of joked through the tears because we needed some sort of uh, some sort of break from the tears. We joked that my dad checked out because he sensed that the Washington football team was going to get crushed by Dallas later that night. So we took uh, we took some sort of uh, glee in that thought that he sensed it and decided to check out earlier in the day uh, during the afternoon games. But that was that was my dad. He didn't come from this country. He had a football crazed son. My older brother was not into sports. And uh, I remember the first time my dad showed me that he had tickets for Skins game back at RFK. I remember when Mosley kicked the field goal through the snow to clinch a playoff berth in 82, that it was not just the ball slowly going on the goalpost. I looked to my dad and he smiled and he had his outstretched arms. And those are emblazoned in one's head when they think about it. The seat cushion game in 91, when everybody threw their seat cushions on the field because Washington had finally broken out to a big lead against Atlanta, and my dad turned to me and handed me his because he knew I'd want it for many years. There's any number of thousands of memories like that. And so I guess just in closing, because I got to go here, just in closing, I want to say two things. One, uh, take COVID very seriously. Please do, especially for your, your loved ones who are your parents or are older than you. Um, because it's, it's for sure real for those who have underlying conditions. And the other thing is, um, please hug your parents one more time. Um, if you think you're going to be with them forever, you won't be. So please take that moment to not put that off anymore and do so. I thank you uh, for indulging me on this. Thank you so much. And thank you to all the kind tweets. The Lombardi Line is next. Enjoy from VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. At-